Welcome to Personal Podcaster, the place where you learn how to create a podcast to develop your career. I'm your host, Angela Chong. Welcome back to another episode of Personal Podcaster. Today, I'm joined by Walter Gaynor II, and we're going to talk all about how podcasting has developed his career. Walt, so glad to have you on the show. Thank you for the invite, Angela. Happy to uh, join the ranks of the greats you have on the show. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Glad you could be here. So let's dive right in. Tell me the backstory of how podcasting has developed your career. Yes, 100% accidentally. I wish there was a bit more intention behind it because, oh, where would I be? Um, yeah, so podcasting was something that started off as a project, mission, hobby, all at the same time. And essentially, I was using it to get other people's stories out and trying to bring voice to certain issues that I was affected by and a lot of other people were as well. And I just found myself continuing to network and network and network. So my podcast helped me to kind of network my way into transitioning my career further into media. So it was kind of cool. Just like when they say like, it's all about who you know, it's like kind of that way, but it's really just like all about the relationships you end up building along your journey. And because I was really focused on podcasting, I just continue to meet some incredible people who are able to just tell me about all the wonderful things that are going on, who I should speak to, what I should know about, and then boom, next thing you know, I'm a podcast producer. Yes, have been working together for about a year now, which is wild yeah. to me. 365 wild. days plus some. <laughs> yes. So um, that's one of my filler words. So um, <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm, I'm so conscious of not, of trying not to say that. And it's really difficult for me. Anywho, tell me more about the transition from what you were doing before into media. And I love the thought of relationships and building relationships. And it's not just networking. It's you're building friendships and relationships. It feels like a little bit different. It is different because I've been to a lot of networking events and I've met a lot of people and I don't remember them and I bet they don't remember me either. So like networking the network is cool. It can be useful. The whole business card exchange. I have a lot of business cards in a shoebox that I haven't thrown away because I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to contact them at some point, but I'm not going to. I just have difficulty throwing them away. But um, yes, I don't even carry business <laughs> cards anymore. So, yeah, when I network also um introvert social anxiety all those things so when it comes to networking events like if i just meet one person that i think is cool then that that's a win for me so yeah building relationships is um i think a bit more aligned with how i like to communicate build community and then also it's um i have capacity to do it the mental capacity and i think um i think a lot of people when they hear network and they think go 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 meet all these people put on this show, this uh, whole persona. And I used to do that and it was always stressful. So now I just kind of chill, maybe meet some people. And then hopefully one of them, I'll see if we could talk again next week or something like that. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, the um, 
the transition to answer your actual question, <laughs> um, I started my career in e-commerce. So it was um, um, in this role at a software company. I was working in customer service as a product specialist. And it was this combination between e-commerce marketing, customer experience, and just helping people to grow their business through e-commerce. And I basically stayed on that path, uh, diving into project management, a little bit of content management, not fully actually like media production yet, but just managing uh, product pages and the copy on the sites. Um, then I was working, when I actually transitioned to media, I had already been podcasting for about a year and um, was a part of a few podcast groups and we would just meet um pretty often, always just helping people out um, or helping each other out and just really building this uh, circle of support. And then at one point, one of the people in that circle got a job in podcast production. I think previously he was in sales or operations or something like that. So he made a cool switch and then he was telling me about it. I was like, okay, yeah, let me, let me try to actually start applying to some things. And so the next thing you know, I ended up... Um, at Sweetfish, you know, and it wasn't like initially, right, because I didn't get the first job I applied to, but because in the interview, we just clicked, you know, he let me know when there was another opening up, and so I applied again, and then boom, I made it. You made it. Backstory, I think you know, season one is all about, on Personal Podcaster, all about starting a podcast, especially for young professionals or folks who are transitioning in their careers. So all of what you just said, so encouraging going from e-commerce, but I mean, that's still content creating. You were still doing copy and helping with the back end of websites. I would still consider that very creative along those lines, but switching into full-time media production is a little bit different. So I hear what you're saying. I want to go back to the podcast groups because this is full circle. I'm going to connect the dots here. Building relationships, <laughs> building relationships, so much fun. Uh, doesn't have to be crazy. Love what you said there. So tell me more about podcast groups and how that expanded your relational circle. Mm, good question, actually, because podcasting groups have actually just changed everything from the way I look at podcasts, how I create, who I create with, actually having people help me to create. And um, as I already mentioned, of course, helping me find job opportunities and things like that. But um, I think the first podcast group I was a part of was called the Black Podcast Club. Just kidding. There's one other before. <laughs> but I found both of them through Facebook. Um, Facebook groups, really amazing place to find like any hobby you're into. There's a group that exists there. And I honestly don't even hop on Facebook that much anymore. But when I do, it's for Facebook groups. Um, so this guy, Blake Johnson, he created the Black Podcast Club. And it was just, just a small just a small group of people. We had a nice group chat on GroupMe. And we just like constantly every day... Um, just communicating with each other, just sharing what's going on in the industry, our own personal shows, life. And what was cool about it was, um, you know, when you are interested in venturing into podcasting, like it's a lot more popular now. Previously, 
not at all crickets. People looked at you weird. Now people are like, okay, podcast. Um, but even though it's popular, it's kind of like a lonely road when you're just getting into it on your own, right? Like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, you don't know what tools you, what is a microphone? Like I have a microphone. There's like all these different questions. So when you're in a group, it's like, okay, I'm with other people who either had the same questions or had those same questions and found the answers. And what I love about creative groups is that typically people are there to support each other on that journey, show some love, show support, give you 30 minutes of their time just to talk shop. Um, so like for me, I've gone from like feeling the pressure to release weekly to now I'm like, eh, I don't need to because I've seen other people in my group just release when they want to and it's still working now. I've uh, seen people switch from... Um, like all virtual to doing things in person and it works out. There's definitely some challenges, but it's like, okay, I see it. So it's like when you're in a group, when you are experiencing some challenges, you have other people who can help you get through them, whether it's just watching them go through it or them just being there to cheerlead you on, be the offensive coordinator, call the plays, all these things. So it's literally like if you're starting a podcast, really if you're doing anything in life, find a group. You need a community. Because they help you just be you. Wow, that is wisdom. I fully agree with that. And truly having a community around you is com- can be life-changing. So not, not just for the networking advantages. I think that's also, I really want to hone in on that because so many times in books that I've read or shows that I've listened to, it's like, just do this networking thing and then you'll be a millionaire or whatever, which is, you know, complete bogus as we all know. But, um, where was I going with that? <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Long I could pick it long. up though. I got you. Um, okay. they say in these books, like you're right, like, um, do networking, become a millionaire or like, even like for finding a job, there's a lot of career events and I've been to a lot of them and I remember, I'll never forget this, but I was leaving uh, it was like over, I say late because I was talking to people, networking. Um, I haven't spoken to them in like two years, so it just shows you networking isn't everything. But anyways, when I was leaving, there were some recruiting managers who were there collecting resumes. And I heard them say, yeah, I didn't see a single qualified candidate there. And I was just thinking like, man, that's crazy. Like there were a lot of people at this event. You're telling me not a single person. So one that told me a couple of things like, networking is very transactional and people going looking for something they're looking for something specific so even if you are like really dope or really qualified if it doesn't meet this person's criteria that they created to match whatever's in their mind it's not necessarily going to work out for you so you know what i think like networking is still networking but maybe we should just change it around to community building yeah i don't know that's a real-time thought that i'm going through okay (laughs) That was so much better than what I was going to say. So thank you for that. Yes, networking is so (laughs) networking so transactional. It can feel transactional. And what I said in season one, throwback to I don't know which episode, but we don't we don't want to approach these relationships as a take. It's it's you you genuinely want to build a relationship. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. When when going into a podcast group, it's not to just take from people. It's also to give and to just genuinely be curious and interested. And 
I'm wondering if that's a whole skill set in and of itself, honestly. I think, yes, yeah, skill set. Um, skill set that could be developed. And uh, I think there's a lot of pressure or expectations that people have, and they're not healthy. And they lead to unhealthy behaviors. So um, I think it kind of comes down to, like, whatever's going in your mind, why you're doing something, the intention, and just, like, really managing expectations. I think that's, like, the wave I'm on right now. It's, like, what does it mean to have expectations? What's the difference between, like, a realistic one and an ambitious one? They're both good, but how? Where's the balance between the two? So, yeah, good questions. Love this. So great. So... We're, we're talking about expectations in the, th- in the vein of going into a podcast group, getting community around you as you're starting out on your journey for podcasting. How have you seen podcasts completely pivoting now? How have you seen podcasts shape other people and their lives? Maybe, maybe you have examples from these podcast groups. You know what's interesting? is It's almost like... Uh... And when thinking about expectations, like the expectation of your your podcast could be the same that you have for your uh, career, where like, you know, a lot of podcasters are like, yeah, Joe Rogan, Joe Budden, all these people, that's where I want to be. I'm going to be there in three months. All I have to do is be consistent. That's what people tell you. In your career, it's like, yeah, yeah you know, you go in, maybe start at the bottom, you work your way up, you show up, you work hard, be consistent, and then you'll make your way to the top and be the CEO's best friend, hang out with Jeff Bezos on a private island on the moon. <laughs> Guess they don't have islands on the moon, do they? <laughs> In a private crater or something. I don't know. But um Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like I feel like uh the podcast expectations, people are like, yeah, that's possible, and it is possible. But for like the career expectations, like people are like, that's ridiculous. Like possible, yeah, but it's ridiculous. So I think um it's good to have the ambitious goals, but you also need to be okay with um with uh, pacing yourself and kind of slowing down. Um, I think a lesson that I learned that kind of helps me to stay, to have healthy expectations and ambitious ones is uh, when I was working at the software company, my first job, um, I really learned what it meant to grow too quickly. Like a small startup, Mm. goal was to have more users, more customers, more clients, all these things. But the actual technology could only handle so much at a time. And it was like, a slow progress to continue to evolve that uh, software. So like when there was like way too many people using the software at once, it's like, great, cool. We have numbers. This is good for our investors. Everyone's happy. Oh no, things are starting to crash. There's bugs and all these things. And um, one thing that happened when I first started podcasting is, you know, I had the ambitious expectation and I was going quickly, going fast, doing a lot and burnout came and smacked me in the face like 15 times. And so it was kind of similar, like just going too quickly. I didn't have the systems in place to support all that growth. Um, so wow. I think um, one, being in podcast groups was definitely helpful because I didn't realize I was burning out, but I was sharing like, man, I don't know what it is, but it's hard to keep going. And someone's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're at episode, what is that, 18? Yeah, I experienced that too, actually, around that same time. And it was like a lot of people were saying the same and other people were experiencing what I was experiencing real time. So that was like another part of... um being in communities that uh, that really helped me from just continuing to crash. And then I was able to kind of realign, check myself, 
all these things. Um, I, you know, I think I just started talking. What was your question? <laughs> well, let me ask a connect the dot question, then we'll go back to that one. Because, I mean, so the question was, how have you seen podcasts shape others? But what you just said was so good in the sense of community can help you have realistic expectations and realistic boundaries for yourself because people have already gone through what you're walking through just by like scrolling through TikTok or even LinkedIn and staying in the same circles. And we just believe what people say in small circles, but it's nice to be in communities where people challenge and say, well, why don't you explore? Why don't you be curious? So I'm struck by what you just said because one, people have already walked through probably everything that we could learn. Um, And of course the industry is expanding and evolving, so it's completely different. But then you'll be that person for someone else someday. Mm -hmm. But do you have any exhibit? specific examples of podcasting shaping other people in your sphere yes i've um seen people go from like within two years being like super close to homeless to actually being influencers in um specific kind of niche areas um i've seen people who had a job at their podcast an experience in podcasting allowed them to start a nonprofit where they're actually creating like some real crazy impact on youth out in remote areas in the Midwest. Um, seeing people become full-time podcasters, like leaving their job and like, boom, yeah, full-time podcasting. And their shows like um, just about helping other people, you know, grow their podcast stuff. And you think like, how is that possible? But you know, podcasting really is a really great gateway. It's um, it's a portfolio. You can use it to show people um, what you know and also what you can do. Because, like, you, you could, um, even if you go to school, like, a lot of people go to school, get a degree. I did that. And you could still look at it as like, eh, okay, maybe you did. I mean, you did, but, like, a lot of people did. But when you have something to show people, it's a lot easier for them to process it and also see how it applies to what they're doing so like people looking for a job a podcast can be a great way to prove that you know what you know Uh, podcast can be a great way to network in a way that actually builds relationships um like i got to interview someone who was like a face of the peaceful nuclear movement in africa um just because i had a podcast um like, you literally never know who you can meet. Like, it's actually really crazy who you can meet and how open people are to being on a podcast versus hopping on a 30-minute Zoom to pick your brain. <laughs> so crazy. One of the guests who will be on season two is Samuel Cheong. And he's, I mean, he's just blown up on LinkedIn. He's in Australia. And I, in in my little pea brain, I just never thought it's possible for me, little old me, to be able to talk to really cool people all around the globe. So very exciting that you got to talk to someone in Africa is where I was going with that. Very cool. Wow. Okay. So watching people 
go from nearly homeless to starting nonprofits. That is so inspiring. I think what's amazing about podcasting too, and just being in community is that you, again, can evolve your thinking and, and realm of possibilities because sometimes I don't know about you, but I just get stuck in this. This is this little square. This is all that there is to whatever my career the podcasting industry and it's like there's so many different things to experiment with I did about podfest this year um that's what I appreciate I got to meet so many people got to hear so many different perspectives and what I'm learning slowly but surely um is that perspective and curiosity is everything hmm I know I lead with curiosity. In fact, my show was me being curious about perspectives and kind of challenging certain perspectives and showing perspectives that either isn't seen or isn't respected. So, yeah, I think that's powerful. Oh, what a perfect segue. Let's talk about your show. How did that begin? What Tell everyone what's it called. And let's start there. Yes. Um, the show is called Boss Locks. It started from me feeling very insecure and very discouraged about the future of my career, the possibilities of my career, all the above, because I have locks. Um, when I graduated, it's the same year that the U.S. Circuit Court ruled that companies can choose whether or not to hire someone based on uh, their hairstyle. Um, companies, when it comes to um, their hiring practices, there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't want to hire someone for, a lot of uh, whether it's disabilities, um, race, all these things. But a lot of those are discriminatory things that the court calls, you know, or deems as legal. But they said that hair isn't tied to race at all. doesn't matter. So companies could choose whether or not to hire just based on that. So I was graduating from college, entering the workforce, same year that happened. Um, and there was a lot of pressure to cut my locks. But I wasn't trying to do that. Um, I knew it would be a bit challenging. But I was like, nah, I'll be fine. But I just didn't know how to really navigate or actually how I would be fine. I just knew... It would be okay if I figured it out. Um, so I just started asking the three people that I knew in my personal community um, about how they navigated it. You know, one person, he had his own business. He was like, yeah, you start your own business. Like, no one can tell you what to do. And I was like, yo, that's so true. But I'm not ready to start my own business yet. Another person I spoke to, she had a career, um, but unfortunately, she always had to keep her hair covered. And she didn't even go by her first name because... You know, a lot of people still think black names are unprofessional. Um, so that was interesting as well, hearing that. I was like, okay, so that's a challenge, but I still don't understand how they get past the initial hire and all that. And then the third person I spoke to, she was in a position where she went by her first name. She was able to show her hair and work and just was authentically herself. And um, each of these stories kind of taught me a different lesson. And I was still, at this time, just asking for myself, I was on the journey to find uh, black CEOs with locks. I wasn't really trying to start a podcast. I was just trying to know for myself. But I was really pushed and encouraged to 
do something with this. And so I started recording uh, reluctantly. <laughs> In fact, the very first recording ever, I wasn't trying to be on the mic. I was like, turn feet away from the camera and like all these different things. So um, yeah, I eventually started recording them three years later, 2020, April 2020, I launched the podcast. And the whole goal was to um, prove that natural hair and professionalism do coexist all while redefining professionalism. Yes. Walt, I'm so proud of you. I mean, truly, that's such an incredible journey. And I love your show. It's so helpful for me. It's needed. I am so glad for it. It's scary to put yourself out there. And you went for it anyway. And it's good. It was terrifying. I actually, um, there were several times where I felt, and occasionally, well, I don't feel it anymore, but, you know, that whole imposter syndrome stuff, like I was very present and part of why it took three years versus putting it out the same year I was recording, so. Yep. Um, man, imposter syndrome is so real. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How, um... So I know imposter syndrome present in your life. Um, I think it's really cool that you're now on season two of this podcast. What helps you to actually do this and put it out? What has helped me is that and we think we need to impress this person and this person and this person is recognizing, again, how many people are actually in the world and how many people we place on like platforms in our brains. There's, there's a large part of me that's starting to fully believe that nobody actually cares. <laughs> like, nobody cares. So, like, it's not really that scary um, because – and it's not in a self-deprecating way. It's just that everyone's either so consumed with themselves or, like, you know, whatever. I don't know. There's just all these imaginary platforms that people are placed onto. And it doesn't actually – matter to impress anyone so and I've recognized that that's how I view people like when I go on LinkedIn and someone has taken a hiatus from posting this is a really small example and then they're like they just pop up one day and they're back and it could be totally the algorithm but it's normally because I've taken a break I never think to myself, oh, wow, that person hasn't been consistent. They must be an awful employer, you know, employee or employer or whatever. I think to myself, yay, they're back. <laughs> now I get to hear their thoughts again. And so I think for myself, that's where it's like, yeah, nobody actually cares. Yeah, that's actually uh, kind of funny because um, I've been on several hiatuses. I'm on one now. Um two weeks six months whole year and um some people check in like yo where is it where is it and but for the most part like even people who follow you sometimes if you mention like oh yeah it's been six months they're like oh for real oh yeah i guess it has been that long like a lot of people live a busy life and it doesn't actually revolve around you you might be part of their uh you know just life cycle what they listen to on a certain day but yeah, you like when you go on breaks, you might lose a few people, but you know, your job as a podcast is part retention, but really it's just to create the show that people want to listen to. So eventually people come back and really should always be looking to just continue to bring new people to your circle. So that's going to bring people back as well. 
In fact, I've had like, there's, yeah, people care, but they don't. There's a lot of snobs out there. Like I have episodes with terrible audio quality because that's a journey I'm on as well. But still, the content's good. People, people will come. I wanted to ask you about your time in the LinkedIn Influencer Program. Mm, the Creator Accelerator, for the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator Program. That's a long time. Yeah, that was really cool. You were in the program for six months? Ten, actually. Ten, ten weeks. Ten weeks. Wow. Okay, I literally <laughs> thought it was six it months. It felt like six months. <laughs> <laughs> but how did that, how do you feel like <clears throat> on this theme of community and being around people who are exploring and being curious? I mean, tell us about that. Tell Yeah, tell us more. That was a really um, amazing experience. It really, so the purpose of it was like multi-purpose, multi-purpose program where LinkedIn wants to invest in creators, make their platform a creator-friendly place. So they're like, okay, well, let's just get some creators and we'll put them on the stage and boom, they're the first cohort ever. Um, and then on the other side, it's like, okay, yeah, we also want to actually have an economic impact on creators. So we're going to select some and just support them on their journey. And then also, they're uh, LinkedIn, very big on building community. Community and also economic impact are like two words, phrases that I've heard a lot from the LinkedIn people. Um, so our goal was to create a community that in some way has some type of economic impact. So for me, it was focusing on building a community where people who are working, where people working while black, can go to feel supported uh, if they're feeling discouraged. Here's some advice and all these things. So it was a real extension from what I was doing with podcast uh, boss locks, but really just focused in on community building. So it was really cool. Um, it taught me a lot about uh, creating short form content. Everything I've done previously has been mostly long form, and then just really teaching me like the power and the beauty of short form and using it to create community, and then also leveraging all of that at the same time. So learned a lot, a lot of really amazing people doing some cool things on the platform. Um, when I spoke about managing expectations before, um, one thing I didn't mention, but this is a lesson I learned in 2020, which is how close things actually can be as you're continuing to work on your creativity and your craft. So like there are people in the program I got to meet who are people that I follow and I take notes from and I was thinking like, yeah, there's no way I'll be face to face with this person unless I make them at a convention or something. But now nah, they were right there in the program with me. So that was really inspiring, motivating. It just taught me like when you move with purpose, what can happen and also to be aware of what you're putting out too because you know it's uh words are very 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 powerful they can be influential but they could also be harmful so really understanding what you want to create and who you want to be in your community how did you you've pretty much already mentioned this but when giving advice to younger professionals or for people transitioning careers, what would you tell someone who's just getting started? How do they narrow down their focus and their topics and their niche 
what would you tell them? I think the first thing I would tell them is what is of interest to you? What do you already talk about? And um, where do you want to go? And then from there, it's picking a place that you want to focus in on. It doesn't mean you have to be that forever, but just kind of really focus. Um, there's a lot of advice about niche podcasting, niche content creation. And I don't believe in absolutes, so I do not believe that there's one way that rules them all. But really, there's certain ways that kind of um, match you. For me, I started off solely focused on people with locks, black people with locks, who were interested in learning how to navigate professional environment and also really just celebrating the hairstyle. And that's where I started. And one thing also, I think people are afraid of going too, 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 too niche, but I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind is that there's a community for everything. Like I was mentioning about Facebook groups before. There's a community for everything. You don't always have to be the one to create it. Sometimes you do. But oftentimes, what you are interested in, there's a community out there. So taking uh, where you want to be, what you're interested in, and um, what you already talk about slash want to talk about for a long period of time. And taking those, combining it, and creating this triple threat of content that you're creating. So good. That's really helpful, Walt. Thanks. Well, um, I'll say one other thing. Um as far as like coming up with like niche podcasting, narrowing down and everything. Um, when it comes to creating it, you can just hop on the mic and just start recording. That's cool. Um, but I think when you really start to have an impact is when you think about the value questions and problems, what, like, what are you solving? How are you helping someone? And that's going to take you further and make it evergreen as well. Even if it's like a trendy culture podcast, like really just think about the impact and what you're bringing to the table that might be unique. Like a lot of people feel like they have to have hot takes and everything be like um, super flagrant with their episodes, but that's not really the case. Like what that is doing is kind of a creating shock. And some people may agree with you, but it's like focused on shock, but you can have like a positive shock as well by just really providing like super impactful value. Like shock is, sticky and people remember it like forcing them to be like whoa that's crazy but you could also get that whoa that's crazy for someone saying something really 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 dope impactful or inspiring Mm. so good that makes a lot of sense to focus on how to help others and it also makes a lot of sense in in regards to that being a metric instead of downloads or, you know, streams or the hard numbers that everyone's looking for, it's really the qualitative, how are you making an impact? And yeah, if you can tie measurable data to that, that's great. You know, if you, if you, if people come to you and say, Hey, you've helped me so much, then that's a number. But I think it is that at the end of the day, what's fulfilling and how can you help others for sure? Absolutely. Matter of fact, downloads are great for sponsors to know how many cost per click type things or like their ad metrics they're going to use because they do it based on downloads and views and they basically calculate it. So it's great for them. But um, for just really knowing how successful your show is, like the 
how many times people are like, thank you. Like, how many thank yous are you getting? That's really impactful. Like, actually, I'm glad you said that because I need to start counting all the thank yous or wows I've gotten because that uh, that means a lot more to me. Like, having, like, millions of downloads, I, that, that means a lot, too. But <laughs> the <laughs> actual, like, if someone's like, thank you or it's helpful or they share why this aligns with what they're going through, that just lets you know, one, it's impactful, two, successful, and three, it tells you where you need to focus. Um, I recently created a video. In fact, several people kind of share how it's helpful or just mention that it's helpful. So that's letting me know, okay, so I need to create more of this. This is solving this particular or helping people in this particular area. Let me double down there. And then that's how you know, like, okay, if it's helping like three people, then there's probably like 30 more people that I could help as well. So that's going to continue to bring in more and 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 more people. That's true. That's so good. Thanks for all your thoughts and wisdom. I want to transition into rapid fire questions, starting with what's your best career advice? Rapid fire means answering quickly, but I'm freezing. Um, best career advice is to um, pay attention to capacity. Uh, capacity, 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 capacity. Respect it, know it, understand it. Don't let other people mess with it if you can. Nice. So good. What's your favorite podcast currently? This honestly changes every day. Um, <laughs> I was just on a show called Wild Ones, and it's uh, by a friend of mine named Chris Chris Cox. He's out in Nebraska. He created a nonprofit, um, a media nonprofit, and it's there to help uh, students, like high school, middle school students, get their hands on podcasting out of the Midwest. Love what he's doing. Wild Ones is what it's called. It's called Wild stands for Walking in love daily. Oh, love that. I did see that on your LinkedIn, so I'll have to check it out for sure. Over it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it today. That's quick. Today is July 14th, so cool. I'm I'm going to date this episode, but what book are you reading right now? I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, reading a book that my friend wrote. It's not out yet. His name's Harry. I'm really excited for it. Oh. Just finished reading will smith's uh book that was inspiring eye-opening all these things Ooh. and i'm also reading stacy abrams book stacy abrams uh yes governor or running for governor of georgia um nice don't ask me what it's called <laughs> but i'm reading it i'm reading it though. nice okay that's awesome thank you um you'll definitely have to let us know when your friend's book comes out Oh, yes, absolutely. Cool. Where can people connect with you, Walter? Everywhere. Um, heavy on LinkedIn. And um, actually, I started a uh, text community because um, algorithms suck. Yeah, <laughs> algorithms suck. I hate them. Um, but hold on. <laughs> I keep forgetting the phone number. I thought I had it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so not a newsletter community, a text messaging. Yeah, community. I literally have everything because I do the most. Um, I have if you visit bossloxmedia.com, that is the central place for everything. You could contact me on LinkedIn by searching Walter Gaynor the second. 
Um, love answering DMs. Just let me know that you, Angela, sent you to me or you found me on her podcast, and I will prioritize those connection requests. But yeah, love meeting new people. Uh, if you really want to stay engaged with literally everything that I'm doing, um, text podcast to 914-353-4176. I did that because I feel like it's easier to engage without a lot of fluff, just getting people exactly what they need when they want it. Just text it, respond with the exact link, have a question, respond quickly with the answer, want to get invited to this event. I'll send you the info right then and there. So it's easy to write on your phone, all that stuff. But yeah, I'm also on all the social platforms. Podcast exists, same place you're finding this one. Thanks, Walt. Thanks so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you next time. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Personal Podcaster. Thanks so much for joining us today. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you can, please leave us a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.